Hey guys, I'm Denise, and welcome to the first episode ever of Adventures of Single Momdom. I finally got around to doing this video blog that people have asked me to do, and uh, finally got the balls to do it, because you know what? Fuck it. So first things first, what this isn't is a mommy blog. Sort of. We're not going to talk about babies. Um, we're not going to talk about little kids and things like that. It's just my life. It's it's. I happen to be a single mom and I'm too lazy, honestly, to redo all the stuff, my Insta and my other stuff. So we're just going to keep it that I am a single mom of a awesome 16 year old boy named Michael, who's ride or die, my best friend, um, but not the type you do like, you know, drugs and cocaine with because that's totally inappropriate. Uh, he couldn't be more opposite than me very 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 smart and awesome and and cool and you guys will get to uh know him um if you haven't already met him so uh anyway if you want to hear about teens and dating and drinking and and some other cool ideas and 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 wisdom and gen x nihilism mixed in with acerbic wit then i think you're here you're in the right place so like i said uh i live here in atlanta and I am a single mom to uh, Michael, who is 16. He is awesome. Um, and I have two cats, little black cats, uh, named Inigo Montoya and Fezzik Wesley. Ten points if you know that that came from The Princess Bride, which happens to be one of my favorites. So, anyway, let's get started. Um, let's see, it's been a rough year for everybody collectively, right? It's like straight out of The Shining. Um, I think anybody who survived this, uh, we can pretty much brag and talk shit. Like, you know how our ancestors and our ancestors, our parents and grandparents used to say, well, I walked uphill both ways. It's like, yeah, but did you survive a pandemic? That's us. You know, I get to sit there and uh, tell my future grandchildren that like, I literally survived an apocalypse go get me the damn soda um <laughs> so you know i've been working 15 months straight and i work in a hotel and it has been literally a scene out of the shining unfortunately with awful events and and, and things like that so i experienced a lot of burnout a lot a lot so much so that i think my soul is almost dead inside and you might be talking to a ghost. Who fucking knows? Oh, I swear. I'm not going to apologize for that. I swear in front of my kid. He doesn't swear in front of me, though. You know, boundaries and shit. Anyway, so I, uh, I digress. What was I saying? I'm, I work in a hotel and we've been working straight through the pandemic for 15 months. 320 hours of PTO. And I am burned the F out. So about a couple months ago, 2.30 in the morning, I'm having margaritas with somebody. And that's a story for a whole nother day. And I wake up at 2.30 in the morning and decide, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to Mexico. And so I bought tickets. And we went to Mexico a week ago, actually. Um, which was very interesting. You know, I'm actually vaccinated, right? And I thought, you know. That's cool. You can go fly. You can go do things. And 
we get to the airport and we have to mask up and all that and don't come at me like I get that but the least you could do since I'm vaccinated is give me like a swag bag or some shit right or move me up to the front or whatever no it didn't matter I'm like dude I literally injected myself with poison can I get like a mojito or something as I'm walking through the airport can I not stand in line with the pores just joking I am a big fan of Blue Ivy, so you're going to hear me say the pores all the time. I'm actually a broke ass, so don't come at me for that either. So anyway, what was <laughs> what I was saying was that, you know, I was kind of bummed out. There's like no perks other than, you know, not dying. But other than that, whatever. And so we get to Mexico. Mexico's cool. It's hot as hell. And one thing that I noticed when we went to Mexico was that... Um, the availability of drugs, right? And we were just chilling on the beach and people would just come up and they're like, do you want the cocaine or the marijuana or the molly? And I'd be like, what fresh hell? There's cops right there. Like, have you never watched Locked Up Abroad? I'm not made for this shit. Yes, I talk Spanish. But do I look like I could survive even the booking process in a foreign jail? I can't even do county in my own state. I'm not made for this shit. So I'm like ignoring people. And then it dawns on me right after like the fourth or fifth time that wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am a child of the 80s. This is the moment I've been waiting for. This is what I tell my son. I told my son, you know, Michael. When we were little, we used to have this program called D.A.R.E., right? And it was D.A.R.E. to stay off drugs, for those of you that are too young to know this. But the rest of us know, because like Nancy Reagan, right? She introduced this program, and it was in the schools, and it was like, D.A.R.E. to say no. And they would show you these videos, and they would tell you about people, you know, jumping out of vans and saying, you know, hey, kids, you want to buy some crack? And, and they'd come at you, and you're like, oh, my God. And so, like, we, like, lived in, like, this thing where we were always ready for, like, people to jump out of corners and like, eh, you want some drugs, you know? No, no. And I remember telling my son this story and I was like, you know, say no to drugs. Say no, dare to say no. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're your mom and shit. And he was like, where did you grow up? What kind of world did you live in where you thought people were going to jump out of a van and offer you crack? I was like, don't ask. They were preparing us okay. Well, needless to say, I never had to use it because, you know, we didn't roll like that, right? Until Mexico. And that moment it kicked in, right? And about the fourth or fifth time that I got offered the cocaina, the marijuana, and the molly, I looked at the man. And I remembered all my training, guys. And I said, And that was it. That was very. I think that Nancy Reagan would have been proud. I think my second grade teacher would have been proud. I dared to say no. I did. I totally dared. I dared it. Now, never mind that I drank so much liquor. I'm still smelling it from my pores a week later. They didn't say anything about that. They didn't say not to drink daiquiris and 
shit. They just said don't use crack because crack is whack. But I dared to say no, guys. I think I need a collective applause here. <sighs> anyway, so Mexico's cool. Now I'm back here in the States and I'm back to the fresh hell that is my normal life. And uh, just trying to maneuver through this uh, fun stuff, you know. Um, as far as anything else, uh, I don't even know. I mean, there's like all kinds of different topics and things. I don't even know how this blog thing is going to work. Um, I don't even know how long this little blurb is going to be. Um, I know that it's been a very interesting week. Um, I, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, what's really interesting, right? And, and you run into women are amazing. Right. I think women are just so awesome. You know, we have such a good bond and things like that. Like, for example, last night I was completely just devastated and, and tore up about something. And I, all I did was pick up a girl, a phone and I called my girlfriend. I said, I need you to come over. She's, Bet I'm there. Hangs up the phone, grabs her kids. She shows up over here. Don't ask. She has a bag full of liquor. She's got Prosecco. She's got juice. She's got some whiskey. She's got her Peloton shoes. She's got a change of clothes. I don't know what else because she's just said, you know what? I don't know what kind of help she needs, but I'm ready. That's a fucking friend. When I told her what I was dealing with, we called my other friend on the phone. She was like, get over here. My son, of course, was a little worried. And he's like, what we're not doing is Avengers Assemble. I said, don't you worry about that. And then we get in the car and we play the most amazing F you playlist because that's what we do. We sing these songs out to the universe where we're like, you know, and it's a whole Lizzo moment, right? And I said to her, I said, God, I love, I love being a girl. I love being a woman. I said, I don't think guys do this. I don't think if a guys go through a breakup or they find out some horrible stuff that their little boys come over and they get to hang out and, and, and they're singing songs where they're like, you know, you a hoe. <laughs> and I felt better by the end of the night. And so I bring this up because I think I'm a big proponent of lifting other women up and doing girl code and, and things like that. I will not, if I can help it ever, ever, ever put down a woman or betray her. Um, and I don't understand people who do that. I don't, especially when the person in question is a man who has done something awful to the two people. And rather than going, you know, I don't, I don't understand those women who are like, you know, oh, and they do something petty to the other woman. And you're like, dude, we're both dealing with the same shit he's garbage. What are you doing here? I'm not going to fight for raggedy shit. Like it's not going to happen. And I feel bad for people like that, you know, cause you kind of put your self-esteem there and, and, and you don't realize that these mother, they ain't shit. They ain't shit. But the bond between women and the friendship that people have is amazing. You know, it's something that I wouldn't trade for any dude in the world, you know? So, I know it's kind of scatterbrained. Obviously, you might be able to read in between the lines there. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, long story short, 
when you're dealing with shitty relationships and the endings, your girls will lift you up. And that is so sacred, so sacred to me. So now you got to work on your self-esteem and love yourself enough to know that one, it's not the other girl. Two, you gotta love yourself enough to walk away. And three, it's not even worth another minute of your time. Matter of fact, me even mentioning it here is giving it too much attention and time because I am unbothered. Literally try to live my mind, my life in a state of unbothered. Because what you're not gonna do is steal my peace. What you're not gonna do is rob me of my joy. Because whatever you do out there, it doesn't affect me. I'm still in here making moves. I'm still in here trying to be the best version of myself. This year, I have lost about 73 pounds, um, which has been really, really hard. Uh, backstory, about a couple of years ago, I did have lap band surgery and I had initially lost 100 pounds. Uh, the lap band went wrong and it eroded into my stomach and I had to have it taken out because it was literally killing me. And then, of course, I gained all that weight back, like in a matter of months. And, you know, dealing with depression and PCOS and all that fun stuff. Um, I finally, when the world shut down, got into a state of mind where I was going to take care of myself because I got scared. I was like, you know, we've got Corona running around. I don't want to die. I don't want to die because uh, and, and add another comorbidity to it, you know. So I started working out and I used the Peloton program, the digital app to, to jumpstart, you know, my workouts and realized very quickly that it was more of a mental thing that they were helping with as opposed to just being physical. And I really liked it and everything. And I lost a lot of weight and, and, and my self-esteem went up and I, you know, I went to see my endocrinologist and we got my hormones and check. And so, you know, I was able to do that and I started to work on my insides and I started to kind of grow. I'm going to be 42 in September, you know, and um, my son's going to be 18 um, next year, you know, and then I'm kind of legally done, though he's, you know, we're Puerto Rican. And so he's going to be with me forever. But, um, you know, this is really about me trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. You know, what adventures am I really going to go on? Am I going to start dating? Am I going to, you know, travel? Am I going to, you know, I get to kind of design and be a whole new person. I'm going to be 42. And what I tell people is that my entire life I've belonged to someone, you know, and, and it's like, you know, you're a child and you belong to your parents. And then as soon as I moved out, at the age of 21, I came to Atlanta, you know, and I was alone for a little bit. And then I had a beautiful bonus baby, you know, Michael, and then I was his mom, you know, and I was his mom the entire time. And I have enjoyed it. It has been the most amazing, beautiful surprise ride ever. And I would not trade it for anything, anything, because honestly, coolest human on earth. Um, but I don't know. I don't know myself. I don't know if pizza is really my favorite food or if it's just because that's what we eat all the time because I'm too tired to cook. <laughs> I don't know if, um, 
you know, the things that I like or because of the circumstances that I'm in or if it's genuinely what I like, you know, because you kind of just kind of fall into survival mode. I know definitely the job that I'm in isn't something that I enjoy. Um, I did that to provide for my son and it has done amazing things. I'm not even going to deny that. It has allowed me to buy a home by myself with my son. It has allowed me, you know, all these opportunities to travel and do things and, and meet people. So I'm not going to knock that. But at 42, that's young enough for me to start a brand new life. I know that my son is going to be taken care of. I know he's fine. I know I've raised him. And I'm kind of excited. And one thing that I didn't do was that I didn't date um, after I left his father, um, which was not a very good situation. It was, um, I left his father and I said, you know, I'm just going to focus on being his mom and, and that, uh, cause I know me and I can't do a lot of things at a hundred percent. So I said, you know, this kid needs, he needs a good mom. I'm just going to do that. And we're going to figure out how it goes. So dating was on the back burner, you know, and I volunteered for everything I did. PTA. I've been, you know, in the band volunteer. I've, I've, you needed it. I'm there. I baked cookies and empanadas and, and, <laughs> you know, showed up for field trips and, and, and all that. And I did it with so much force and love and passion and, um, you know, worked two jobs so that he could have all the sports and have all the band things and do the things and not miss out on the stuff that he wanted to do because of my life choices, because of me being a single mom. I didn't want him to go without. And so there are many nights where I didn't sleep and, and did that. And, and like I said, I'll do it all over again. But I didn't date. And um, I wanted to focus on him and I didn't want to bring anyone around my son. I was very protect, I am very protective about who I allow around him and in his space. I didn't want him to get hurt, obviously. And um, I figured, you know what? I'll be 43 when he graduates from school. He can protect himself then. I'll be young enough to start over. I'm okay. Um, there was a situationship with a very close friend of mine that uh, lasted several, several years up until last night. Um, but other than that, no dating. And, um, so I get to try that, you know, I get, I get to see, and that's going to be cool. I mean, it's kind of weird right now because the guys that I do meet <laughs> either one don't have children and want them. And I am not about that life. Like not about that life. I am like two years, one year, two years, whatever. I am so close to the land of milk and fucking honey. I can smell it. I don't want to smell diapers. I don't want to babysit. I don't want to hang around babies. Real talk. No, I'm done. I'm d I didn't sleep for eight years. Eight years. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. I can't do that again. I see friends of mine and God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Oh my God. Bless your hearts. They are having babies at this age in their forties. And I'm like, Oh fuck. No, I pop my birth control like candy. Like I'm in there brushing my teeth. I'm like, I will run across the freaking room. Even if I'm not having that, I'm drinking that birth control. I mean, I don't know. Immaculate conception might happen. I don't know. I've got the worst luck. 
taking that birth control because what I'm not having is a baby at 41. Not today, Satan. Not today. And then you meet the other guys who are divorced and they got little kids. I ain't about that life either. And I know that sounds kind of weird, you know, because women are like, oh my God, you know, men should like, I want men to accept me and my kids. That's cool. You don't have to accept me either. I don't want to be around little kids. I'm done. I'm done, guys. I've been doing this since I was like, I got pregnant at 24. And I'm done. I'm ready to travel. I am happy to sleep in. Um, I'm happy to learn things and do stuff. And I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to be selfish. Of course, my baby comes first. He is literally my precious baby lamb. And, and, and I will stop the entire earth for him. Do not get that wrong. But I'm excited. I've even planned and I hope I can do it. I want to, when he graduates, fly to Spain. And they have this walk called El Camino de Santiago. And it is 500 miles. And it's a pilgrimage. And you walk from one end of Spain all the way to the end. And it's a spiritual pilgrimage. And I want to do it because for me, it would be like a bookend to the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And that would be parenting by myself. Walking 500 miles is nothing. And that's how I want to end it. And that will be the last step I take. And then I'll no longer be a single mom. I just get to be a mom, you know, until I get to be, you know, a honey, a granny. But, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's very scary. Um, because I have gotten so used to having a sense of peace right now that I don't know if I want to give that up, you know. I like living by myself. It's, it's lovely. You know, um, I know where things are. I don't have to, I, you know, so, you know I, I do whatever I want. No one tells me what to do, you know? So I've gotten quite spoiled. I treat myself like that is my mantra. Like treat yourself. I treat myself so much. My friends are like, is it really treating yourself if you do it every day? And I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah. You know, cause you got to spoil yourself. Right. Anyway. So I think that's about it. I think I've rambled enough. Um, if anyone has any ideas or you want to come on and you want to talk or you think that we should talk about some other things, I'm going to come up with some other stuff. I don't know. I don't even know how this is going to look. Um, I think I'm supposed to say something like like or subscribe or leave a comment or whatever once I figure out how to do these things. Um, but if you made it this far, thank you. Um, I really appreciate you watching. Um, I hope it made sense. I hope um, I didn't come off too nuts. And I hope you'll stick around and kind of just join me as I kind of figure out who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do in the next couple of years, you know, as he grows up and he leaves the nest. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey guys, this is Denise and welcome back to Adventures of Single Momdom, where we believe that Wu-Tang has been and always will be for the children. 
Uh, this is episode two, and thank you to everyone who tuned in last week. Um, for my very first episode, I was extremely nervous. It took like an act of courage um, to even get out here and do this this thing where I expose myself to everybody. Um, but I had fun with it, and it was, you know, something to get me out of my comfort zone. So I really appreciate all the positive uh, messages on social media um, and the feedback and stuff. So hopefully you guys... Um, will continue to, you know, help me do this because it's kind of cool, I think, you know. My son, actually, Michael, was like, I'm on episode 50 because he talks like, um, he's talked like Tone Loke since he was two years old. So, and you'll see. Like, he's always been like, mommy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, overlord. Um, anyway, so he was like, mommy, I'm on like episode 50 of my podcast and like like no views and like you get on and you have like all these views and then like your TikToks and stuff and I'm like I woke up to be great Michael. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, um but now it's it's <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um and to think that your sixteen year old thinks you're pretty cool uh was kinda neat too. So um but boy, it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Um, you know, last week was a little emotional. Um, and it really took, uh, kind of kicked me in the butt to get inside mentally and, and do the things, the, the, the shadow work, the cleanup that I needed to do just to get in the right space, just to move forward and continue living unbothered. Um, it was a full moon, right? And work was crazy. Um, and my son, Michael, uh, tore his fascia, plantar fascia, um, on Thursday um, at band camp. So we had to go take care of him um, and do that. So now he's got a lovely little boot on and he has to kind of stay off um, that for the next couple weeks, which is kind of interesting because he plays um, tuba in the marching band. So I don't know how they're going to do that um, with him practicing and stuff, but we'll figure it out. Unfortunately, because he hurt his foot, um, and he's super tall, I'm 5'4", he's about six feet, and I have a little car. There, I was supposed to go to Florida this weekend for my sister's bridal shower, um, but I couldn't kind of fit him in the car in a way where he was like elevated and not in pain, so um, I'm really sad that I had to miss that. Um, my little sister is actually getting married in October and um, to a very wonderful, awesome man. Um, and they have two wonderful children. And I'm very, 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 very excited. She's my little sister. And we've been planning this wedding um, for, I don't know, maybe a year or so. I, no, I don't think it's been that long. I don't even remember. Maybe since January. And I'm the maid of honor, which, you know, might as well just call me the maid of dishonor because like, Although I work in a catering area and, and stuff for a hotel and I plan weddings, um, this is not my forte. I'm not very strong when it comes to actually being in weddings, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, but I'm very excited. She's got a beautiful dress and, and, and all these wonderful things. And I know it's going to be beautiful. Uh, my sister and I are close. You know, we talk a lot during the week. Um, and uh, she's just been amazing. She's the opposite of what a bridezilla is. So, you know, totally cool. We are very, very 
um, different type of women. She's very like low key, laid back, chill, you know, very like bohemian. And, you know, I walk in like, bam, who's got the tequila shots? Let's do this, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I was told to tone it down for the wedding, you know, to let my sister um, have her moment. Um, because apparently I was the topic of gossip a couple of times. You know, they always say anytime Denise shows up, you know, she takes over birthday parties, takes over things. And I'm like. I mean, I can't help it, but like where I go, fun follows. Like, are you really going to punish me for that? It's like literally a gift from God. If I don't do it, wouldn't that be just disobedient? But there was also a couple of other set of rules that were given to me for this wedding. Um, <laughs> like I'm the problem and my family's really awesome. You have to picture that it's going to be um, kind of like my big fat Greek wedding but Puerto Rican. So it's going to be amazing if it's anything like my brother's wedding was. Um, but the concern here is that my little sister, um, so it's my, me, I'm 40, I'm going to be 42. My brother's in the middle and then my sister and they're both, well, he's married and she is about to be married and I have never been married. So when my sister got engaged, my father, yes made a comment like oh i got one more in atlanta like if somebody was to take her and i'm like what am i like a cow or something and um you know so it became a concern and people were like how are you feeling i'm like about what and they're like your sister's getting engaged like i was like no it's fucking awesome like no no but how are you i'm like about what and they're like you know like how do you feel not being married like, I feel like I got a shit ton of money and nobody eats my snacks. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. So it's kind of like, you know, I became the source of gossip where people were going to, were watching me to see what my reaction was. They were watching my social media and they were like, she didn't like her pictures fast enough. And I'm like, cause I was on the phone with her, you know, uh, celebrating her and living in real time. Um, but you know, and so they've been watching and there's been discussions and things and, and, and on how I'll act or how I'll feel because I'm not married. And it's as if that was an indicator of success. You know, we really have to do better guys. Like we should throw giant events and no offense, Nana, this is not, you're awesome. But we should really like throw giant parties like this. Like when women graduate from college or buy their first house or, you know, things like that. Not like, Ooh, economy, yay. You're mine sucker. You know? Um, but one of the interesting things that, um, happened at the last wedding, which was my brother's wedding. This was about six years ago, I think. And um, we had gone to the wedding. And of course, I was single, you know, I had my son there. And, and um, uh, very early on, you know, I decided to hang out at the bar and get drunk. And I got drunk with a future um, brother-in-law. And we were sitting back there just doing shots and doing shots and doing shots and doing shots. And I'm having like the time of my life. I'd go out to the dance floor and I'm like, dun, 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 you know, like living my best life. And I go back out to do shots. And um, all of a sudden I hear that there is a bouquet toss, right? <laughs> so I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm, I'm told I'm really, 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 really drunk at this point. So apparently, allegedly, okay, because no one has it on camera. But allegedly, 
they went to throw the bouquet into the um, audience, right? Or whatever you call it, the group. My sister was set to catch it. And I came out of left field like a linebacker and like <laughs> took her out, grabbed the bouquet, slam it's mine. Um, it was very Sparta of me. Uh, the family, of course, was scandalized. And I was like, what? I mean, I thought, <laughs> I don't know. Bouquet tossing apparently is not supposed to be a contact sport. Nobody told me. I mean, I was drunk. So it became a whole thing where they were like, okay, we're not going to do this. Well, as my sister was going through the things that we were going to do for her wedding, we realized that, you know, there's a bouquet toss. And as she was going through her guest list, she also saw that, oh, you're the only single one at this wedding. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, you're like the only single one because her wedding's not very big. And she's like, everybody's married or everyone's got a, a, a relationship. Um, and I was like, Oh God, Oh God, please, please don't make me do this bouquet toss. Right. <laughs> and then my mom goes, well, no, there's another person that's single. And I was like, okay. And then I start and think, and she's like, you know, your grandma. And I was like, mother. And then I stopped and thought about it. And I thought, you tell grandma she's got about seven months to train them because I'm getting that bouquet. But, um, so, you know, anyway, she pulled it out cause she's an awesome sister and, um, you know, who knows? And, you know, I didn't get to make it to the shower yesterday. And of course people are like, why isn't she here? And what's happening? And I'm like, cause I have a kid and I live in Atlanta and they're in Florida. You know, so it was just a little hiccup in the road. Um, but there's always just such gossip, especially with being single, you know. Um, it's like all this pressure, you know, um, to, to be married or to be picked or to be chosen. And people just really can't understand that sometimes you want to be, like, doing your own thing. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. Like, I literally, I wake up, I do what I want, I go what I want, I eat what I want. I don't have to share anything. My house is always clean. Oh. This is Inigo Montoya. And, um, you know, my house is always clean. I know what's going on. No one tells me what to do. If, if someone's shoes on the floor, it's probably mine or Michael's. And I pick it up. And so, you know, but even this, this is right. So this is Inigo, right? Say hi, buddy. Hello. He's wearing his bow tie. So that's Inigo. And he's got a brother named Fezzik. And, you know, I had a cat named Goonie. And she was a little black cat and she died in October. Um, and then not a few months later, you know, I was very sad and devastated. And I went and got these two little babies from the shelter. Um, and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, cat lady, cat lady, cat lady. And I was like, why the fuck are you guys keep calling me a cat lady? Like, what's wrong with being a cat lady? And then first of all, why do I have to be a cat lady? Why can't I just be like something cool? Like a witch, you know, why, why are you guys looking like, Oh, she's sitting here setting up her life to die alone. And I'm over here like, oh, I got my cats and I'm about to order a cauldron off Amazon and shit's about to go down. Like, I'm going to be the crazy lady on the hill. I'm going to go train some ravens and shit. But no, it's got to be like, oh, she's a crazy cat lady. Like I'm kissing my animals on the mouth or some shit because that's gross. You know, that's not happening. Right. I just like these buds. They're cute. They're fun. But I'm not like, you know, about that life, you know, and until something better comes along to occupy my space and compete with my peace. Cause that's what you're competing with. I have 
such a sense of peace. I live in such a state of unbothered that if you disturb that, I don't even, I don't even play, not even for one second. You don't bring me joy. If what you're doing does not bring me joy, I'm not wasting time on it. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to try. And um, I was having a conversation last night with a friend and we were talking about online dating, whether I had tried it. And I'm like, of course I tried it. I tried, you know, plenty of fish and Tinder and match and um, Facebook dating. And, you know, let me circle back to Facebook dating real quick. So Facebook dating, if you haven't seen it, what they do, from my understanding, is they take your friends and friends of friends or something and they kind of like mesh them together and then they're like, oh, this one's dating or you might be a, 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 a good match or something in there. And I like went through there and realized my friends know garbage people. You guys really need to get your shit together. Like this is what's left. This is what's left. You know, it's, it's like the fuck. But anyway, online dating is very interesting though. You know, especially being in your forties, you know, you're like, what do I put out there? You know, do I put like the desperate, like, you know, duck face picture, you know, do I put the, you know, I, you don't know what persona to put out there because you kind of don't want, you, know, you definitely don't want to creep, but I'll tell you what, doesn't matter what you put out there. You're still going to get the dick pics. Um, and don't do that. If I get one more, I'm going to tell your mom, like, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find your mom. I'm going to find your grandma. And then I'm going to send them pictures of your dick. Okay. And then you can just take that up with God, Jesus, Oprah, and the devil. Cause it's just not right. No one wants to see that. No, I have to tell my son, don't do that. I, I better not. I better not ever hear that your penis is out on the freaking interwebs or internets or whatever it is you're calling it. I was like, cause that's just, no, we don't, what we don't do is send our dicks to random women. Nobody's asking for that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But anyway, back to online dating. So what I was noticing was when I was like on Tinder and stuff like that or whatever, you know, people are like swipe, 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 swipe. And, um, I started to get a little insecure and I'm not an insecure person. I really am not, you know, I'm comfortable with my space. I'm comfortable with my size. I don't apologize for who I am. You either love it or you don't, you know, move on, you know, but online dating makes me feel a little insecure just because you're like on this platform and you're being picked apart. It's kind of like, you're like all these pictures, all these beautiful, beautiful women and they got their ages and all this other stuff. And you're like selling yourself like your cars, right? Except they have all these beautiful shiny cars on the front. Those are the 20 year olds. Those are the, <laughs> those are the 20 year olds and the younger 30 year olds with like the tight bodies and stuff who haven't been through the battle of life, you know? Um, and so they're like on the front row. They're like when you like drive into like a car um, dealership, they're like your shiny Teslas, you know, your Mercedes, your BMWs, you know, and you're like, okay, okay, this is a great place, you know, but then you're like, ah, oh, you know, the men, of course, and then are like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe I can't, maybe I can't afford a Tesla and a BMW, so I'm gonna just go back a little bit more, and then you're in your mid-30s, right, and those are like, you know, your, your Hondas, and, and your, like, uh, I don't know, Ford something, whatever the car is over there, right, and those are a little, little, got a little mileage on them, right, but, you know, still good cars, right, some have seen some things, others are damn near, you know, brand new, right? So they're like, cool, cool. On the way in the back, what you got are like the El Caminos, right? 
those are us. Those are the 40 year olds. We're the El Caminos. We're the Chevy Impalas. We're the, um, you know, you're like Southern Cadillacs, right? The old, the old cars, right? Reliable and sturdy, right? But nobody's looking at them, right? Because, you know, they want the flashy things in the back. Not realizing if these cars have been driving since 1979 and they're still around, honey, we'll get you through anything. But no. They want the Tesla where the battery dries out and you have to plug it back in and do all kinds of work and everything else like that. So often we get overlooked and after a while it kind of gets, you know, gets on you. It's kind of like trying to sell Denton Bank groceries to somebody um, <laughs> uh, for 20 cents, you know, when they're like, I could just, you know, actually buy something that might not have potential botulism um, and botulism representing um, all kinds of crazy baggage. Though these days, them youngins, bless their heart. So, um, but it's interesting, you know, it, it's interesting that the messages and stuff that you get from people, you know, it's always like the lame, like, hey, beautiful. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, what you doing tonight? You want to come over? I'm like, first of all, I'm in bed. It's like 10. I'm tired. I have to get up at six. And be right. The hell I'm getting out of bed for this shit, you know? And then they'll send you like vulgar things like that. I go back to like dick pics and stuff. And, and I'm telling you, I just want to be like, dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. <clears throat> so I get off of, uh, I got off of online thing. I figure, you know, if the good Lord and whoever else wants me to have somebody, they'll find me um, at the grocery store. Um, well, not really, because I just drive up and get my groceries um, put in the trunk now because I hate people, you know, after work. Um, or somewhere. I mean, shit. It'll happen, right? It'll happen. So, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I figure I'm just going to sit here and I will uh, kind of like work it out. And, you know, he and I was asking, my friend was asking me, he's like, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know right now I'm not really worried about it. I know that I am looking forward to going to my sister's wedding, um, to squeezing into that bridesmaid's dress, to doing my duties, to celebrating her and cheering her on and having fun and celebrating any of my friends, um, who, you know, are having wonderful moments in their lives because they have shown up for me. You know, my friends are amazing and all these women have lifted me up um, and celebrated me when I needed it. So there is no jealousy, you know, and I kind of wish that people would stop pinning that on women. But um, I just figure, you know, the plan, the plan is just going to be, um, you know, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to make some money moves, you know, and I'm going to eat a lot of cheese. And um, I'm really grateful for this charcuterie movement, right? Because now it's like, I don't feel like a bad mom when I'm like, here's some crackers and cheese and some like meats, right? And uh, eat that with some fruit. And it's just kind of like, ta-da, you know? But now it's like, oh, we're fancy. Let's put this on a board. And it's literally like adult Lunchables, right? So that makes me really happy and stuff. So yeah, so I'm going to make money moves. I'm going to sit here and be awesome. I'm going to eat charcuterie boards. I'm going to drink tequila or some version of it. And I'm going to wake up on the right side of awesome every forking day. And um, I hope you guys keep hanging with me. You know, this is going to be interesting. 
But thanks again. Um, I hope to see you guys next week. And uh, again, something yada yada, like, subscribe, whatever. Let me know what you think. And if you have any ideas, I would love to hear them. But um, until next time, see you later, guys.